48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, China's GDP falls for the first time in decades. Wuhan raises its death toll by 50% and LegCo's Finance Committee discusses the government's huge COVID-19 relief package. China says its economy shrank 6.8% in the first quarter compared to the same period last year as the country went into an unprecedented lockdown to combat the coronavirus. It's the first such decline since at least the 1970s. Mao Shengyang from the National Bureau of Statistics warned that the pandemic would continue to weigh on the country as it tried to resume normal activity. He spoke to an interpreter. The overall national economic and social development in the first quarter maintained stable despite COVID-19. However, we should also be aware that as COVID-19 hits countries around the world and with mounting downward pressure on the world economy and growing uncertainties, we are now facing heightened pressure from imported infections and some new difficulties and challenges in resuming economic activities and advancing economic and social development. An economist says China's rebound from the coronavirus pandemic will be much smoother than other parts of the world, given that it's a planned economy. Ben Emmons from Medley Global Advisors in Los Angeles told RTHK that the United States could see a GDP drop of up to 25%. It does show what happens when you do shut down an economy to cope with a crisis like this. Whereas in the case of the developed markets, including the United States, the contraction will probably more than double what China is. And, and that shows the difference between the economies, right? We have a planned economy that's maybe somewhat easier to shut off and then turn on. Whereas in the case of the United States, it's much more dynamic. You can't just turn it on and off. It, it takes you know time. Right? Even if you were to slowly turn it on, you're going to be sitting in a, a recession, deep recession for a while. I think in China, the rebound may be somewhat more smoother that way, given it's a planned economy. Wuhan, the original epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak, has raised its death toll by 50% to a total of 3,869. In a social media post, the city's government said many cases had been mistakenly reported or missed entirely. The adjustments added 1,290 deaths to the tally in Wuhan. A marathon meeting is taking place at LegCo's Finance Committee to discuss the government's $137.5 billion relief fund to help businesses and workers affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Around $80 billion, billion will pay half of workers' salaries for six months, capped at $9,000 a month, as long as they aren't fired. Federation of Trade Unions legislator Alice Mack says they'll support the relief package, although it isn't comprehensive enough and doesn't support those who are unemployed. Some employees are still not covered and not benefited from this fund. However, some uh, employees in other industries like tourism, uh, like uh, school bus drivers uh, and those nannies, they are, uh, uh, they are able to get some subsidy and support from this fund. So we cannot just simply say, oh, because you're not comprehensive, so we will uh, uh, vote against you. Because uh, we have to consider those uh, employees who can still benefit from this relief fund. And, and I think the best way is the government promised to consider a third round of relief fund to cover all those who are missing uh, in this round. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen wants the government to offer tax rebates to landlords to encourage them to reduce rents, which he says make up a large part of the expenditure of companies. But the Permanent Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Alice Lau, said this proposal wasn't effective. She spoke to an interpreter. I think we have a very narrow tax base in Hong Kong. 
all companies in Hong Kong, among all the companies on companies Hong Kong, only nine percent pay any taxes. If we rely on the tax rebates to encourage uh, landlords to cut down the rents, it will not be very effective. Civic Passions Cheng Chung Tai says it's heartbreaking to see even people selling peanuts or operating crane claw game machines can benefit from the fund, but not people in the music and film industries. We have to spend a long time for the cultivation of the industries, not like the uh, sales or the financial industries. We can get through or recover in a short time, but the film music and the arts industries. If we lost this period to help the industries, that means we might lose one or two generations for so many outstanding performers. Pro-establishment lawmaker Paul Chair says he's considering amending VegCo's rules before its current term ends in summer to resolve the dispute over electing a chairperson for the House Committee. Mr Chair is is the head of the Committee on Rules of Procedure and says amending rules on selecting committee chairs should simply mean allowing the LegCo Secretariat to handle the process. Mr Chair said he also agreed with his predecessor, Miriam Lau, that DAB Chairwoman Sarah Lee should be the House Committee Acting Chair as she previously held that post. President Trump has unveiled his plans for lifting coronavirus restrictions and restarting the economy across America. At a White House news conference, he set out guidelines empowering governors to reopen their states in a three-stage process. He said some states already free from the virus could open tonight. We are not opening all at once, but one careful step at a time. And some states will be able to open up sooner than others. Some states are not in the kind of trouble that others are in. Now that we have passed the peak in new cases, we're starting our life again. We're starting rejuvenation of our economy again in a safe and structured and very responsible fashion. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, the Democrat Nancy Pelosi, called the new guidelines vague and inconsistent. Governor of New Jersey Phil Murphy says he's outraged to hear that 17 bodies were found stacked up in a makeshift morgue at a nursing home. It's not clear whether the deaths were due to COVID-19. Mr Murphy says he's ordered a review. New Jerseyans living in our long-term care facilities deserve to be cared for with respect, compassion and dignity. We can and must do better. I've asked the Attorney General to look into this matter as well as to do a review of all long-term care facilities that have experienced a disproportionate number of deaths during the COVID outbreak. The Governor of the State of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has announced a decrease in the rate of new hospitalizations and admissions to intensive care units with COVID-19. Mr Cuomo said in the latest figures, 600 people had died and 2,000 new cases were admitted to hospital, but the spread of the virus had slowed. The good news is it means we can control the virus, right? We can control the spread. And we did not know for sure that we could do that. We speculated that we could do it, but we didn't know. So now we know that we can control 
this disease. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has sacked his health minister, Luis Henrique Mandetta. Mr Bolsonaro said the minister hadn't properly addressed the economic impact of coronavirus containment measures. Two men have openly clashed over how to tackle the spread of the disease. Is the BBC's Katie Watson. The news of Mr Mandetta's firing ends a standoff between the two politicians that has threatened to overshadow the coronavirus crisis here in Brazil. As the weeks have gone on, the health minister's approval ratings have soared and Jair Bolsonaro's have taken a dive. At the heart of the argument, measures backed up by science and the global medical community. But Jai Bolsonaro has publicly jeered at them, insisting on going out in public and meeting people, even shaking their hands. News of the dismissal sparked protests in Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, where people beat pots and pans from their windows. President Putin says next month's victory parade in Red Square must be postponed because of the pandemic. Addressing his Security Council, Mr Putin said Russia was facing a difficult choice. May the 9th was sacred, but so was the life of every person. In order to conduct a parade on May the 9th, its preparation must begin right now. But the risks associated with the epidemic, whose peak has not yet passed, are still extremely high. And this does not give me the right to begin preparations for the parade and other mass events. There had been speculation that Russia's annual military display was in jeopardy after Second World War veterans began appealing to the president to move the event. Scientists have identified what they call stink flirting as a courtship behaviour among late lemurs and believe that this is the first known instance of sex pheromones among primates. They say male ring-tailed lemurs secrete from their wrists a fruity smell similar to a pear and rub it against their fluffy tails, which they then wave at females to attract them. The lead scientists said no sex pheromones had yet been identified in humans or other primates. Scientists believe western United States could be experiencing the worst drought in recorded history. But some researchers have questioned the findings, saying the definition of a mega drought is too vague. Is the BBC's Matt McGrath. The authors of this latest research define a mega drought as an event that lasts decades and is more severe than anything seen in the 19th or 20th centuries. By that measure, the western US region has experienced four such mega droughts over the past 1200 years. The scientists came to this conclusion by modelling soil moisture content from tree ring records dating back centuries. They show that the drought in the region over the past 19 years has been equal to or worse than all the other mega events. Facebook and its partners have submitted revised plans for the proposed Libra digital currency to Swiss regulators. BBC's Danny Eberhard reports. Libra's backers tout what they say are the benefits of having a worldwide digital payment system, one more widely used and regulated than existing cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. They say it could provide cheap, simple payment services for large numbers of people who can't access traditional banking systems. But regulators and central banks are wary. They fear it could undermine national currencies and be open to abuses such as money laundering and terrorist financing. The Libra Association says it's tightened the regulatory framework. It's also proposing issuing digital coins linked to specific national currencies like the dollar and euro, not just a multi-currency digital coin. Short while ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 25,560. That's 554 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $80 billion. 
Currency, the euro is worth $1.08 and the dollar is trading at 107.82 yen. The pound is worth 9.68 Hong Kong dollars. Sport now, here's Adam Cheung. We start with local football. The Hong Kong Premier League will resume in the summer and the season will be completed by November. That's according to a statement from the Hong Kong Football Association. Top flight fixtures have been postponed for almost a month following the closure of government venues due to COVID-19. But the FA now insists that the season will return not earlier than mid-August with an aim to finish by early November. It also says there will be no relegation, meaning the 10 teams are guaranteed to return next season. Our football commentator Chris K.L. Lau says the current season could resume with several clubs missing, including the reigning champions Taipo. At the moment, Taipo, Pegasus, Rangers and Yunlong may not take part when this season resumes. Taipo have sponsorship issues, which is sad as they just turned the season around. Pegasus want to rebuild for the next season and they see resuming as a total waste of time. Yunlong and Rangers are rock bottom of the current league and have no motivation to rejoin as relegation will also be suspended, so finishing last won't be an issue. Not rejoining would be a headache for the other teams. So the teams that don't rejoin, their points and results could be deducted, but this would shift the other teams' positions around. A solution would be maybe a mini-league, but though all the other teams have to agree. Pegasus and Rangers probably won't join when the league resumes, but let's hope Tyco can financially. It's the same problem in Hong Kong football, a lack of finances. European football's governing body, UEFA, says they're still working towards a summer that would end with a Champions League final on August the 29th. UEFA are set to meet next week, Thursday, to discuss how to finish a season spoiled by the coronavirus. Details from the BBC Simon Stone. The resumption of European football in any meaningful sense might feel a long way off, but UEFA are still hoping to host the Champions League final in Istanbul on the 29th of August. As it presently stands, there are two ways of getting there. The orthodox route will involve two-legged quarterfinals in July, with the semi-finals at the beginning of August. The alternative will be a week-long festival with quarterfinals and semi-finals taking place in Turkey immediately before the final. Formula One has informed teams of a plan to start the season in Austria on the 5th of July, followed by two races at Silverstone in England. If they go ahead, the three races will all be behind closed doors as the COVID-19 crisis continues to be monitored. F1 is also considering reducing the sports budget cap to 130 million US dollars by 2022. And the fate of the U.S. Open tennis will not be decided until June, but it's highly unlikely to be staged behind closed doors. That's according to the U.S. Tennis Association. The Grand Slam is due to begin on the 31st of August in New York. And that's your look at sports. That's the news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show this Friday afternoon. Yes, it is finally the end of the week. Um, I don't know whether that makes much difference to you, but it is Friday and I'm Karen Coe sitting in for Noreen Mia to end the week. A big thanks to James Ross for today's morning brew. And we've got a busy, busy show coming up today. After 1.30, I'll be talking to Jaya Kumra, who's about to release a video series called Your Hong Kong Story. She's interviewed a wide range of people in Hong Kong about what our city means to them. And after two o'clock, we have a bit of a musical uh, interlude. We're going to be talking with Chance Emerson, a 20-year-old singer-songwriter from Hong Kong whose songs have picked up over a million streams on Spotify. And his most recent album, The Raspberry Men, came out this March. And after 2.30, uh, while you and your